Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of Balanced Black Girl. My name is Les, I am your host, and I appreciate you tuning in. We're still going strong with our new life and creativity series, and we've covered a lot of ground. We've talked about understanding fertility, preparing to bring new life into the world, and navigating life as a mother. And I'm really excited to start talking more about creativity. Often when I bring topics to the podcast, it's because I have an idea or an inkling or want to learn more about a topic. So I bring it here so we can explore it together. And something that has been very fascinating to me has been wanting to learn more about the intersection of creativity and well-being. And it felt natural to incorporate conversations of creativity and bringing new ideas into the world when we were going to be exploring what it was like to bring new life into the world. I started by re-examining my own relationship with creativity. And while I do think I have the ability to be creative, I've never identified as a creative or seen creativity as a strength that I possessed. But then I started asking myself, why not? And I realized it's because my idea of creativity was really limited. In my mind, I limited creativity to practices that are very visual. So drawing, painting, designing, sculpture, dance, none of which are skills that I've fostered or invested in. And I think a lot of us feel that way. Do y'all remember that old Fergie song called Clumsy? There's one line in the song where she says, because every time a boyfriend and I break up, my world is crushed and I'm all alone. The love bug crawls right back up and bites me and I'm back. And that's what many of us think creativity is. I know I sure have. That it's a bug that's either bitten us or it hasn't. It's who we are or it's not. We either have it or we don't. But the reality is creativity isn't black and white. It's not a trait that some of us have and some of us don't. It's actually a skill. It's a skill that we all have and that we all have the ability to strengthen and leverage in different ways. We can also receive conditioning that tells us that creativity isn't important, right? So think about it. In schools, when there's budget cuts, things like art programs are the first thing to go. Or when someone shares that they want to pursue a creative career, they're often told that it should just be a hobby or that they should be realistic. So it's no wonder that many of us have an awkward relationship with creativity. We often think it's something that we don't have access to, even though we all do. And if we do have a creative talent or want to pursue it, we're told that it doesn't matter if it can't make us money. But I want to argue that our creativity does matter and that it doesn't have to look a certain way or be monetized to matter. Because creativity and creative expression are actually really good for your health. A 2014 study on music and neuroplasticity found that creative activities such as learning to play an instrument can help connect the two sides of the brain. So it's truly like exercise or strength training for your brain, which is incredible. A 2010 study showed creative expression makes people more likely to be optimistic and to have an optimistic outlook. That optimism helps people have a higher quality of life as well as better mental and physical health outcomes. Research has also shown that participation in artistic activities can help decrease symptoms of depression, lower stress response, increase positive emotions, and improve immune function of some people. 
And that's just from participation. That's not from being Picasso. That's not from being Beyonce. So allowing yourself to wonder, think freely, and express yourself freely is an amazing start to reaping the benefits creativity has to offer. Some easy ways that you can add more creativity into your life are journaling. I talk about journaling all the time because it is such an amazing tool for self-expression. I have what's called my glow up guide wellness rituals journal that I created a while back that I'll link in the show notes that you can download. It's just a journal template that can help you really get the juices flowing in terms of reflection. So head to the show notes. You can download that. It's totally free and that can help you get started journaling if you're having a hard time knowing where to start. You can also participate in activities like drawing, sewing, knitting, painting, or decorating without being attached to the outcome, okay? So you're not doing these things because you expect them to be amazing or because you expect to sell them or win any awards. You're truly doing them as a form of exercise for your brain. You can also invite more creativity into your life by asking questions, being open to new experiences, looking at things from different perspectives, because anytime you're learning something new and that knowledge can take you to a new place, that can help you receive the benefits of creativity. I wanted to give you that context about the importance of creativity and the connection between creativity and well-being before we get into our interview today. And my goodness, today's interview is really, really special. Our guest is Ariel Clark, who goes by AJ, and she is a creative entrepreneur and marketer who is birthing a really beautiful collective to help others heal. AJ is a creative marketing agency owner, wife, and the creative director behind Soul Rehab. She realized that the self-love space was full of well-intentioned but surface-level endeavors that didn't tell you how to overcome, but just told you that you should. Soul Rehab is birthed from the most vulnerable of spaces, which is the fiery place of healing. So in this conversation, we talk about how AJ came to understand her own creativity and how doing so helped her heal. We also talk about releasing the pressure and expectations to produce and giving our creativity room to breathe and evolve. AJ is so genuine and so kind, and she drops many, many gems in this conversation that really blessed me, and I know hearing from her will bless you too. So if you weren't already feeling inspired to get creative, you certainly will be after hearing today's conversation. So please allow me to introduce you to AJ Clark of Soul Rehab. AJ, welcome to Balance Flat Girl. I'm so happy to have you today. Oh, thank you so much. I have been waiting all week for this. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. I'm excited too. I think that this is going to be a really fun episode and a really fun conversation. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So I recently found you on social media. I think I found your work through Kay McCoy, who I love. If you've seen, (laughs) uh, Kay is just the sweetest, incredible photographer, wonderful human. And I want to say that you had put together like a mini creative retreat for a group of creatives. Is that that happened recently? Yes. She actually invited me. And so there was four of us and they're all black women, creatives in LA, entrepreneurs. I'm the newbie. I had just met everybody, which was really fun getting to meet everyone. And then they've been in business um, some for like 10 years. So just being to be around seasoned um, female entrepreneurs, women of color, and then the fact that we're black too and seeing, um, how much I thought my experiences were isolated. And then walking into that was just really, um, didn't know I needed it, but I most definitely did. Yes. Yes. Our ability to heal and foster newness through community is kind of amazing. And having those experiences when you realize like, oh, I'm not the only person going through this and there's other people who have been here before and can relate is so freeing. Absolutely. And I realized it was the most simple of things, like the way we laugh or what we find funny, you know? And I know I, of course, probably is like, of course, that's what, you know, it is. But being in that space, it was so great. And one of my biggest resolutions for this year's and like prayers was like, God, I want to be around 
Black female entrepreneurs who are beyond where I'm at or where I want to be and just like praying like that somehow that space be cultivated and it was. So definitely a win for the year. Oh, that's so beautiful. I, I love that you said that. I've actually had very, very similar prayers lately. And so hearing that someone else has wanted that same thing and seeing how it's come to fruition for you is beautiful. Yeah. And it's a domino effect because see, it like connected us. And so it's really cool. And I think that's something that's so powerful about the like unspoken sisterhood that I think connects like every black woman is that there's such a willingness to connect. And so, you know, you found me and Kay's introduced me to other people and I've been able to start introducing and connecting people. And so it's such a secret superpower that we have the power of connectivity. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a big part of it, especially for us as Black women, I think in our culture, community is so important. So many of us were raised in communal environments or in multi-generational homes and just having that closeness with other people in our community that being able to foster that and continue that is just so, so important and such a big part of who we are. Definitely. And I definitely underestimated how much of a lifeline it would be like in my 20s, you mm-hmm. know, and you're in college, high school, relationships happen wherever you can find friends like in activities. I heard you say like in one podcast, like proximity, which is so true. But then you come to LA, you're an adult, you're figuring life out. And then it's like, if you don't intentionally cultivate that environment of community, then you will be on your solo island. And then also throw in a pandemic and then that makes it way times harder. (laughs) And there's that too. (laughs) You know, just that little detail. Just the past two years of like chaos. I love what you just said though, because I think it was yesterday I was on Twitter and I saw a tweet that said, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't remember it word for word, but it said something along the lines of like the reason why so many people see college as their best years is because it was kind of the last time that they were living in community, living within like walkable communities with everything that they needed was accessible and your people are just all right there. And I was like, whoa, that is, that's so, so true. When you have the people that you're connected to, you have your socialness, you have your school, whatever, all within one kind of compact community And then you go into adulthood, especially moving in a city like LA that's huge and spread out and not walkable (laughs) and not things are not easily accessible. (laughs) It is a really big difference. Yeah, I think I always think about this, that if there was one thing I could change about my college experience, which I had a great college experience. Um, I went to Howard. So being surrounded by like all that black excellence was so much fun. But I wish I would have recognized the importance of the the placement of the access Mm -hmm. you have. And I realized like in hindsight, I kind of did things in reverse. So I feel like our twenties are really when we start confronting ourselves and figure out who are we, who do we want to be? What has screwed me up to make me less of a person than I'm less proud of versus for me, my college experience was when I really started like that self-healing process. And so while it was so needed and it has reaped so many rewards, it was also such an isolation period for me because I'm really going through the trenches of exploring trauma, you know, figuring out who am I? Like, how do I like deconstruct these issues that I've had? That I didn't even realize I had. So that's the only thing I wish I could have changed was taking advantage of the access to people you're around. Yeah, that's a beautiful point. And it, it sounds like you were ahead of your time in a way that you were stumbling upon realizations and in a space of self-reflection probably a little bit earlier than I think a lot of people are at that time. For sure. I feel like I've always been ahead and by myself. Like I started school early. Like I played varsity basketball when I was like 14. So I'm with like these 18 year olds and stuff. So while there's definitely advantages, um, it can also be isolating like when you're with people your age. And so that's where the creativity part has been truly 
um, a game changer for me and understanding um, how to make sense of everything and then how to find like genuine joy and contentment with where I'm at, regardless if I started earlier or starting behind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's like all of our paths are so different. You know, we sometimes can look at what our peers are doing to be kind of a gauge of time of whether we're, you know, ahead or behind or ahead of our time. And just because we're experiencing things at different times doesn't necessarily mean that it's, you know, a different timeline or that it's off track. It's like we're all kind of on our own path. But I would love to talk to you a little bit more about creativity because I think you just made a really beautiful point. And I would love to talk a little bit more about what your relationship to creativity has been and how creativity has um, helped you throughout your healing processes. Yeah, absolutely. And so... One, I never considered myself to be a creative. I feel like growing up and being at Howard, like if I saw like the designers or those like curating the fashion shows, I was like, wow, they're so cool. Like I always thought like, wow, in another life I'd be that. So like shocker plot twist for me to know that like now, like five, ten years later, like this is how I see myself. But um, for me, my journey started actually when I first started dating my now husband. And so he's ultra creative, like left side of the brain, drummer, producer. Um, and we start our like first couple months, we put a show together. And I realized wow. um, this is fun. And this <laughs> is the first time that I want to do something just for the sake of doing it. There's no money involved or degree I'm chasing like 30 second backstory, I am super type A high achieving. So I literally would kept going to school because I did not know what I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> so I graduated, moved to LA, went straight to a master's, got my master's at 23. And then I'm like, oh crap, I'm burned out from school. I don't want to keep going, but what do I do now? Because that was kind of my umbrella of safety. And so it was perfect timing because around that time I met him and we did this event and I realized like, wow, what is this feeling? And I now know like it's enjoyment, you know, it's purpose, it's passion, yes. you know, just the fundamentals of <laughs> things, fun. like, you know, <laughs> like stuff like I never realized, like I was just used to doing schoolwork, you know, and just, you know, whatever. And so that started to evolve and I realized that this was the missing piece and I never could fully fit in anywhere. Like I started grad school as a theology degree, which was not fun for me and I remember I wanted to do a Beyonce presentation and you know they're all looking at me like girl <laughs> like absolutely not and like or like I had a business presentation and I ended up choreographing like a step routine like my mind was always thinking a little bit like outside of the box and I didn't understand yeah. why so I'm thinking you're just annoying you and so when I met him and we did this first event it really started to hone in that not only are you creative, but the creativity is what's given me permission to be my full self. And mm. I had never understand that before. Oh, my gosh. I think I just got goosebumps yeah. while you said that. Yeah. And so literally, like, fast forward four years, we did an event. We did a clothing line. I started a whole marketing agency in Soul Rehab. And it literally was, like, the key to belonging and safety and the most I think powerful thing for me and fulfilling is that it doesn't require anybody and it was this full acceptance of like no you're supposed to be weird like you're supposed <laughs> to be annoying and different because that is what brings the uniqueness and distinction to and that's what brings something new you know and we go on social media or whatever. Everybody's just not the same, but, you know, we see so much of the same thing. And so I never realized how much permission I needed just to embrace me. And so the creative side has just been like the floodgates, which can also work against me when you're <laughs> just like idea fatigue, like idea, idea, idea. But yeah, it has been a game changer. And so I'm so grateful to have this conversation because it really forced me to think deeper about how the correlation between the wellness and the creativity. Because I think I'm like, oh, it's just for fun. But realizing no, like, this has been a healing tool that I didn't even know I needed. Mm, mm, mm. Oh my goodness. There's so much that I want to dig into <laughs> just with that story that you just shared. So thank you so much for, for sharing about your experiences. Yeah, 
First, I love how you were able to redefine creativity for yourself, how you shared that you had seen some examples, you know, when you were younger, maybe in college of people, you know, maybe doing design or doing these things and thinking, okay, maybe I'm not creative because that's not my thing. But you were able to find the areas that sparked creativity for you, that creativity doesn't have to look one way or have to be one modality. And then when it became a tool to help you connect deeper with yourself, that's so beautiful and deeply profound. Yeah. And I think for me, I realized too, there, like you said, there's this, I feel like appreciation of a certain expression of being a creative. You know, the ones we see with uh, the stunning Instagram feeds or the dope brand partnerships or now the TikToks and the reels that are so curated and so amazing. And I realized like, we're all creatives because creativity is essentially producing something new and different, which we Mm -hmm. all have to offer as individuals. And so recognizing that and understanding that there's no gatekeeping on what that expression looks like. So for some people, the gift of creativity is you create space or you create belonging. For others, it's you create workflow. You know, you create, like if you're like an admin job, like you create peace of mind and structure, you know, you create function. And so taking the lid off of what creativity means and really owning like at the end of the day, it's just what do I bring that is solely from me? That is that this world that has been put inside me to be released to this world, fully unique and designed from me. Oh my God, you are preaching. Oh my God. <laughs> Let me just hop off. You can no. just go ahead. Keep hosting Balanced Black Girl no. because I, I just want to come back and just listen to you. If you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm a big advocate for having hobbies and learning a new language is an incredible hobby to take up. I've been practicing my French with Babbel and it's been such an effective, engaging way to learn. I took French in high school and college, but I got a little rusty and I wanted to brush up before visiting France earlier this year. And I've been hooked on Babbel ever since because it's helped so much. And you too can make amazing progress with your language learning through Babbel. And that's because Babbel actually works. So instead of paying hundreds of dollars for private classes or playing on apps that are basically glorified games, you can take Babbel's quick 10 minute lessons that are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language as soon as three weeks from now. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations, and their methods for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, so you're learning things you would actually say, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. It's no wonder why Babbel has sold over 10 million subscriptions because it's real learning for real conversations. And they're offering a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. So you can get 55% off your Babbel subscription only for our listeners at babbel.com slash balanced. Get up to 55% off at babbel.com slash balanced, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash balanced. Rules and restrictions may apply. Absolutely loved what you said about us all being creatives in different ways and wholeheartedly agree that there is sometimes this idea of what a successful or worthwhile creative is. It's like usually something that's very visual and only appreciated when a person reaches a certain level of success. And I think that that programming in our society is really, really harmful when we see creativity as something that's optional or something that's only worthwhile if it has a certain monetary value or, you know, certain career path or whatever, when there can be so much creativity in having a different perspective. There can be so much creativity in how you solve a problem. There can be so much creativity in how you relate to other people. And even what you were sharing about like at times feeling weird or wanting to do things differently or asking questions, those are some of my favorite types of people because people who cause me to stop and think differently and look at it from a different perspective or maybe ask a different question are so, so valuable. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that up because – 
even as we're on these journeys of unearning selves more, of deconstructing pain, it's like, okay, I've got it. I figured it out. And I realized that, you know, obviously the journey never ends. And so for me, once I made this my full-time job, I began to fall into a sticky trap, like you said. And I realized that at somewhere along the line, I equated the creativity to production. Mm. And that is something now as I'm walking through wellness and understanding what wellness looks like in this phase in my life is that you're creative without being a producer. And you have to set those two things apart or else you will con- – one, you will reject the gift that is in you because you'll burn it out trying to reach this ideal. And then secondly, um, there's no permission to experience what it is, which is sometimes just for you. And I- as a content creator now, as somebody who develops content for others, my mind is always turning. Strategy is everything how can I use this, you know? And so I've now almost had to go in reverse to creating with the intention of not producing anything from it. And that's been a very hard but necessary mindset shift. Ooh, can we talk about that a little bit more? Because (laughs) I love that. Love, love, love that. (laughs) So how have you started making that, that shift and that transition to separate creativity and production? I had to go back to the drawing board. You know, I started off saying, you know, I'm, I'm high achieving. I, achievement has been my umbrella of safety. It's how I felt or thought I found perceived belonging. So I didn't realize it, but it became my new achievement. My new way of acceptance was that except now it's just branded as a career. And so one of the first ways was that I had to do the complete antithesis of everything that feels good. So I had to start something that I sucked at and had to intentionally stay in an activity that I am not good at, which for me was pottery. And so I started pottery and I'm thinking, oh, yes, I am having my moment. I'm going to (laughs) make reels of it. I'm going to have the overalls with like messy bun, like from some (laughs) rom-com I've seen, you know, like I could not wait. I was just like, yes. This is going to be it. This is going to be so good. It's going to be so curated. And I was awful. And it was a four-hour class. And I was like, I'm not going back. And at first, I told myself, I don't have the time for this. It's four hours. Like, who has the time for four? I'm a businesswoman. And then I was like, um, you don't like the fact that you're not good at it. And not mm. only are you not good at it, but you don't have a pathway to getting good at it fast. And so I really was like, whoa. Am I that like needy for achievement? And it was like, hell yeah, you are. <laughs> like, <laughs> number one task, like, go, let's start working on this. And so I really had to sit down with myself and be like, no, this is exactly where you need to be. And I had to tell myself that one, you've already done yourself a disservice entering this with an expectation of a successful outcome, when mm-hmm. in reality, the success is just doing it. And so, I had to rearrange my incentive for doing it. It wasn't because it looked cute on Instagram. It was literally because it's new. It does allow me to be creative, but you get to be a beginner and you get to stay a beginner. And the man who's teaching it is amazing. He's like his grandfather's, uh, I forget what you call it, not a wood maker, but um, a clay maker. I don't know. I'm using the wrong Mm -hmm. term, but, you know, been in pottery. His dad was a pottery person, and now he is, and he's been doing it for 12 years. So, yes, your stuff is going to look like a phallic symbol because you suck, <laughs> like, and it's going to continue to suck, and mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I loved what you said about being, like, thirsty for high achievement because I'm like, ooh, read me. Read me. Me too. <laughs> I, I see myself <laughs> I in that statement. Yes. <laughs> but I also am curious, you know – I think I completely agree that I think it's so good for particularly high achieving people who have put a lot of expectation on themselves. I guess I should say ourselves because I've definitely have been hard on myself in the same ways to be in spaces where we are trying new things and where we aren't good at it. But I do think that for some people that could almost elicit like a, a trauma response because the the desire to be high achieving and to attach ourselves to outcomes is a, a trauma response. So I do wonder if being bad at something while we're 
getting used to it and getting comfortable with it could almost be triggering in a way. Were there any moments when you were taking on new creative endeavors that you had to remind yourself like, okay, I am safe. If if this does not have a beautiful outcome, like it's okay. How were you able to keep yourself kind of regulated and and feeling safe? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> It definitely was an ongoing thing because I, like I said, everything is through strategy and I've realized to a deficit. So I want to know the fastest way to get home. And I will literally think through every stop sign, every stoplight versus just going on the ride home. Like who cares if it's like a two minute extra, right? And so I had to, and I constantly had to retrain myself not to strategically plan out everything um, and not to look at everything. And I'm a marketer. So that is the job is to literally find the outcome. What's the most efficient way, the most creative way. And so the healing and and creating a place of safety has definitely been owning the beginning and owning that this is a place of like being a beginner. This is a place to learn. This is a place where you get the permission to say and having to deconstruct my associations with failing or not being good. And I realized that for me, being good is how I've always earned my stay. And so it's how I have allowed myself to navigate different higher education environments, how even being in LA, you know, I have been able to, in my eyes, earn my stay because I'm good. And now I'm having to deconstruct it and recognize, no, you've earned your stay because you're you. And the so fundamental on every coffee mug, but oh, so necessary, you're enough. Like you, it's okay. Like, and having to recognize that the gifts are an asset. They are an enhancement of you, but they are not you. And that is the constant retraining of the mind and retraining of like, if you ever want to have peace in your life. If you ever want to just be and not like have an aneurysm or like some type of crazy stress induced behavior, you have to learn to accept that it's you. And you're that's that's the magic. That is the acceptance. That is the the password needed to be in these environments. And so it's still a journey. <laughs> Oh, but you are giving us so many gems right now. Thank you so much for sharing these oh, these learnings that you've had no, because this is incredible. You. I literally prayed before and I was like, I feel like it's such a gift to be welcomed on this because you've cultivated such a beautiful place. I was like, God, like, please just let me add something to this oh. like already beautiful space. Oh, I'm my really happy to hear that. Oh. I appreciate that. But it's like you were just saying, like you add to this space by being you. That's all yeah. you're doing right now is you're you're just being you and that adds so much. Yeah, thank you for that. It's it's what I just learned from you just now. So thank you. <laughs> I know. I was like literally like, thank God we're recording this because I'm gonna have to like tell it like as we're talking, I'm like, oh, needed to hear that. Oh, I was dealing with this, like, so it's cool. <laughs> I feel that way all the time. There are so many times where it's maybe sitting down to record or creating a piece of content where a message will kind of come through and flow through me because I will usually feel like that's what God wants people to hear and I'm just a messenger for it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I needed that too. Because <laughs> yeah, this isn't, definitely. it's not just just me being me. It's like me sharing a message that I also need. Right. And I feel like this is such a game changer too because like, well, you're focusing so much on like the healing, the going for the deep stuff. You know, that's what soul rehab is. It is going beyond the surface of what we say self-love. Like the bubble bath, the tea is cute, but what does it actually look like beyond the motivational quotes? And so, which is amazing and it's needed. And I feel like it's the gateway to such a joy-filled life, but it's heavy and it's isolating. And so this is such a refreshment. And it's so funny because I originally started podcasting almost two years or over two years ago. And then I was thinking to myself this morning, like, wow, it's so funny how I've had little, like even the equipment, I'm seeing things I've bought two years ago. I'm having platforms that I've used before, but now it's just now coming together and how we can have these ideas and we can have these goals, but like the timing of it and how God is like, nope, not yet. No, not yet. You're getting there. And if you're not careful, you'll get resentful because you're like, oh, I did it for nothing. Clearly, I'm a failure. When it's like, no, we're building, we're building. And now it's finally here. And so that's why it's so cool to be here. 
just that that element of timing is so important because I think one of my biggest lessons is that I have done so much of trying to call things in either before I was ready for them or before I had created space for them, whether that was ideas, creative endeavors, projects, relationships, opportunities, so many things that I'd like wanted to happen so badly on my timeline that when I learned how to ease up and actually create the space for those things to happen, they happened when they needed to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because we literally are saying like create like that core word of what it means and how um, the elements, it's it's a process, you know, it's not like, okay, I have this idea. Okay, I'm done. I mean, for some people, sure, if you're like an expert in it, but the general idea of even like creation is like, there, there's steps, there's layers, there's editing, and there's rest, you know? Mm-hmm. You even go back to the creation story, like the original architect, like there's so much needed for creating. And I realized that it's been very fascinating because it's like soul rehab has been something in my heart for so long. But like, I'm like, okay, it's just now coming, which is also exciting because as I've learned to trust the process, I've learned to get excited for when it does happen, you know, instead of like, oh, I wish this was before. But trusting, oh, if it's time, then it must be time. <laughs> right, right. Yes. And a big part of why I wanted to have conversations about creativity in this current series on the podcast, because we've been talking a lot about motherhood in the earlier episodes, Mm -hmm. and we've started kind of finding the intersection between motherhood and creativity. But in a lot of ways, I think our creativity can be like birth, right? It's like you nurture and you hold this idea, and then you birth the idea, and that is just the beginning. (laughs) That is just the beginning of everything that is to come. And there's just so many intersections there that I think are important for everyone to understand. Yeah, absolutely. When I realized I was a creative, (laughs) whatever that means, it was a complete rebirth because Mm -hmm. it completely, for the first time, I had direction of what I wanted to do. And I've never, for as many degrees as I have, I've never had direction. And it used to drive people crazy. They'd be like, why are you moving to LA? Why are you getting your mind? I just be like, I don't know. I just think this is where God wants me. So that's enough. No plan, no career title, you know? And so it was a complete rebirth once I could understand like, mm, this is what you're supposed to do. Yes, and that we can be reborn time and time again. We are. We have so yeah. many different iterations of ourselves. Sometimes I think of it as like iOS updates. I'm like, what, what iOS <laughs> update am I popping out with I myself in this what, era? What, features do I <laughs> what <have>? is my era? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, I love um, references. That's so funny. I love that. <laughs> it is. Those are these just little analogies that help us understand ourselves better and make us laugh, make it more fun. Because sometimes, and this is something I've struggled with too, even in my own creativity and even my own content, there's a lot of the stuff that we do talk about when it comes to well-being and when it comes to healing. Like that's not necessarily light stuff and and yeah. you do have to be careful with it. But I also think that there's so much joy and fun and laughter that can also be had in healing. And so I'm constantly challenging myself to infuse more of that into what I do. Yeah. And something that I've had to tell myself, and this goes especially for you, is that you're at a very unique intersection because wellness is not only your lifestyle, it is a part of your brand. You know, content creation is not just something you do for fun, it is something that helps pay the bills. And so while that is a beautiful gift that also completely amplifies the normal pressure that people have. And so, That's something that I've struggled with because, for instance, like if I'm not posting on Instagram consistently for Soul Rehab, I know the algorithm's going to punish me. (laughs) I know (laughs) as a marketer, this goes against everything I tell my clients to do. Yet, as an individual, this isn't the best for my well-being. Yes. This is harmful because I'm chasing consumption. This is not – so the words that I need to share can't even get out because the intention isn't there. And so – That has been very interesting having to free myself because my worlds are essentially, they overlap, but they also are colliding because the marketer in me is like, no, 
do it. You need to be pushing out content. You need, you know better. And then the soul rehab wellness is me. It's like, give yourself permission. You mm-hmm. deserve grace too. You get to take a break. And so it's a constant tension of both of them. <laughs> Yes, it's so true. And these algorithms like do not have wellness in mind. Oh, of course. Even like I found out recently, like Zillow has an algorithm. And oh, I believe I, it. I thought it was just, you know, like for Instagram or social media. And so their algorithm is a part of if you're constantly checking the value of your home, like my parents were looking to potentially sell their home. Their algorithm tells you a lower price the more mm. frequently you're visiting so that you can then go and, you know, you get different prices. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's everywhere. It's so wow. algorithm is a bit of a trigger word. <laughs> yeah, because it's manipulation. Yeah. And so going back to the content aspect of it, I'm sure you feel it that depending on which side you choose as the business person or as the wellness individual individual who needs wellness, you can sometimes feel like a fraud and an imposter syndrome comes in because then it's like, mm-hmm. am I pushing out this newsletter because I believe it? Or am I like going against what I say about wellness and what I say about balance to try, you know, and so right. that's where I've, I've had to check in with myself and I've had to, like I said, start doing stuff that has nothing to do with outcomes. Even today, I knew this was happening. The audio equipment wasn't working and I had a decision to make. Do I, because obviously when you're serving clients, you just want to make them happy. You know, I feel like it's a great privilege to work for myself to be able to make it in LA. And so I'm always like, what do they need for it? And I had to tell myself that they will be okay. And Mm -hmm. even if there's a little pushback later, this is something you're doing for you and Mm -hmm. that that's enough reason. And it's so simple, but the cringiness and the resistance I've felt and like letting myself just be present because I, one, I didn't want to be stressed trying to do this. Um, Two, this is one of the first interviews I'm doing as I start my own podcast journey. And so I was like, it's really important, you know, and not to, and just to, hold space and offer space and not just take from it. And so giving that was like a big thing. And I actually think it's so crazy, but I'm learning that I think soul rehab is like God's hidden way of creating more balance in my life away from my marketing business. Yeah. And I never really, I thought like, again, like a business mind strategy, we're going to blow this thing up versus even I've like had to be like, if it never goes anywhere, if you stay with the 50 subscribers you have, like, that's cool. That is more than enough. And you got to own that and recognize that the outcome cannot just be these very limited pathways of success. Oh, my gosh. I, I love, love, love that takeaway. Because if we were to think about, you know, using that example of like 50 subscribers or whatever, if you had 50 people in a room and were able to touch them with a message, like that would be amazing. If I have 50 people in here right now, I mean, right. it might get a little <laughs> full. That's kind of yeah. amazing. And I think <sighs> the internet has given us this distorted illusion of what impact is. Mm. And I've even felt that. I constantly have to remind myself and surround myself with people who remind me like you are helping people and the number doesn't matter if it's one person who is touched and is now going to do something differently i as an example i'd just been having kind of a hard time lately finding my footing with where i want to take everything next i feel myself being called to pivot but not sure what that pivot is and uh, i'd my mom had recently come down to California and we spent the weekend with our great aunt. And I was just talking to my mom about like, oh my gosh, like, I just feel like I'm not doing enough. I'm not helping people enough. It's just, I'm not, it's not moving the needle. And she said something so simple. She was like, but when we were with our aunt, she drank more water in that weekend than she Mm. probably had in years from us influencing her. And I was like, you're right. And thinking about that, I'm like, that's something so small, but also so huge that feels so good. A simple impact that we can have on one person can go so far. And it's no less meaningful than reaching however many people through whatever medium. Yeah. I've had to check myself recently that 
if celery rehab is what you say it is, which is, you know, a resource for women to belong, to be and become, to use. And if one person does that, then you've done your job, you know? Yes. And I've had to really check myself. So do you actually want to help people or do you want a successful front-facing collective? Do you want to encourage and be a source of encouragement or do you want to have a certain following on Instagram because that's what you think is legitimate, legitimate and what legitimacy looks like? And every time I have those thoughts, I'm like, oh, let me go sit myself down in the <laughs> corner and get my priorities <laughs> straight. And so and it's so fascinating because I just launched the newsletter and 50 subscribers and I was excited because I was yeah. like, I haven't really done much and you know, it's been two years. So, I mean, over the course of two years, it's not a lot. But I realized, like, if that's, you know, the starting point, you know, and if, like you said, if it's a room of 50 people, then you've won. Like, shout out to Like, this is great. That is enough. And even in its um, humble beginnings, there have been people who have DM'd me, you know, or who have, like, done, like, we have, like, a vet free where you just literally, if you need someone to get it out this is your place and one woman she was dealing with domestic abuse like fully and she did not know and i was so honored and at that point none of the other stuff matters you know it doesn't matter how many subscribers i have it doesn't matter you know instagram or anything because at the day like what you say you want to do is doing so it may not come and i've really had to like release myself again like from what success looks like. And that really is in every facet of my life, but especially with still rehab. And so, and I think about it like churches, you know, I used to think that if you're a mega church, you've done it right. Clearly you're successful. Those small ones, they're not doing it right. And recently, um, last year, my grandfather passed and the church I grew up in, they were the most supportive old group of people like they called us they sent us meals you know they constantly they had they had the members come like and it was during the COVID still so they stood outside and sang Mm -hmm. songs like and I was like so it was such a mindset shift about it has nothing to do with size and almost that recognizing that the smallness is what allows that intimacy what allows that support to be the most present, you know, I can talk directly to my community because it's not this overwhelming, like million followers. And while there's pros to that, you know, you reach more people, it also can eliminate the impact or the direct impact. And so that has really um, freed me up and allowed me to just enjoy wherever the process goes, wherever this ends up, that there is pros to every part of it. And if impact is what I want, then You've already won. Oh, my gosh. Mic drop. Like, (laughs) that was such, such, such a beautiful, beautiful message. And I could not agree more. And it almost relates back to what we had initially talked about around community and that sense of closeness and bond and shared experience. And when you are in more intimate spaces, it is easier to create that that shared experience and to have that sense of closeness that really does help you show up for one another. Absolutely. Yeah. Even the retreat, you know, what made it so impactful was that there was four of us. So everybody got to be heard. Everybody got to present. Everybody got to tell their jokes. And so that's why now I kind of go back and forth about, you know, I feel our society, especially our millennial social media loving selves, which I'm guilty of it, is that (laughs) it dilutes that intimate connection and I am I'm an extrovert or introvert so at the heart I I can show up I can be present when I'm comfortable I'll engage but then I need to go fill up on my own and it's really challenged me of what are these like what are, what are these um, channels their intention and what does it do to us and I know there are studies done on like connection and you know the impact of social media on mental health so this is nothing new under the sun but it has challenged me to like I told myself at the beginning or last year, I said, I want to live a life so good I can't post about it. And so that's Ugh. kind of been a mindset. So it's very ironic because 
I do content creation and social media manager, but if you look on my personal, it's private. It has 400 followers. Like I removed so many people because most of them I didn't actually know, you know, mm-hmm. when you're a pro- when your profile is open, you just anybody can follow you. And so and really trying to tell myself that the intention is to live a life so good that it's too sacred just to just dispose for anybody to see. And that has really helped me unlock a new level, I think, of contentment and intentionality. Yes, like living a life that's that's so authentically yours, you're present. You don't even need to whip out the, the phone and, you know, project right. it. It's like right. you're so deeply in it. Right. And so that's helped me to, I think, kind of set boundaries as a marketer that there are times where you create times when you're finding that perfect ankle, times when, you know, you got to capture it all. And then there's, as a person, though, um, no, that's not how we do it. We put the phones up. We, like, obsessively sing out loud when it's so bad (laughs) and it's so much fun (laughs) and we're just there and in the moment. Because now I've realized that I I think sometimes we think, oh, let me record something so I can remember it. And so now I want to be so present that like it's really imprinted on my mind, regardless of if it's on a device. Yeah, it's so much more natural to reflect on our memories than it is to go through our camera roll because I've recorded so many things that I've never looked at again. Right. I have like 30,000 photos and videos on my iPhone and I'll, I'll peruse them every once in a while. But yeah, being present has been... And I realize that's, you know, when you talk about connection, those are the moments, those feelings. And I, it's so funny because I'll see like these day in the life, and sometimes I have to create them for clients, like the day in the life vlogs or Mm -hmm. reels. And they're so aesthetic, you know, they're so cute. And I was telling my husband, like, do you know what it actually takes to do these? Like you're literally putting a camera in your shower and then you're looking while you're showering and then you're like, okay, wait, 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 let me stop. And then you're trying to do it like in the the mental thought process of having to pre-think your living is what drives yes. me insane. And oh it's gosh. such a mental weight. And so, and I, I was like, that's the, that's what we don't see is that it looks so good at the end, but you're literally trying to think and pre-think and curate, like as if we're fortune tellers almost to get this perfect yes. shot. And so I've had to tell myself like, you don't get to do those often because <laughs> yes. it, it remove it completely defeats the purpose. It makes me stress because then I'm like, oh, I forgot to get that angle. Let me go back and reshoot. And then it's just a cycle of consumption and a cycle of like you're there but never there. And so I've had a, like those things. Like I think as a content creator, I feel like I fundamentally really begin to deconstruct what is actually happening why the yes. the final product is this beautiful reel or this beautiful imagery, the process it takes to get there. And the something that I'm constantly at conflict in my core is like, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. And so now it's my job. Of course it pays the bills, <laughs> you know, but I really think about, and I'm like, Oh, this is so contradicting to what I do. But I think it's so refreshing that you are so honest about it and that you are asking those questions because as someone who runs a creative agency, it could be very easy for you to be like, it's great. These are great. Everybody should do it. But the fact that you think critically about it and that you encourage other people to think critically about it is so important. And I really appreciate that perspective. Yeah. And actually, I've <laughs> it's not anything about it's funny. I've made it my selling point. So I've made it when clients come to me, I'm like, let go of the consumption, let go of the burden of having it all figured out. I'll do it for you. So yeah, while it's honest, it's also a great selling point. It is. But then it's like, what about you? Right. Which is why, you know, everybody has to work. And so I'm like, within the bounds of, you know, providing for yourself, it's acceptable. It's just yeah. when those boundaries start to get crossed that you have to like reassess. And that's why absolutely you only can take so much client work. That's why you have to f- find people to support you. Yeah. And also I had to realize that it, I have to have something for myself. And that's yes. what I, I didn't realize when I, like I said, when I first realized I'm a creative, I'm like, I figured it out life. I know what my plan of action is, but I didn't realize like that, per, like the, mind twist of trying to not be a producer and how that can literally destroy my creativity. So 
And I used to think that creativity was just about how much can I do? And I realized it's not just about how much I can do, but the capacity to have for it. And so as I've my business has grown, I've had to get more support, not because I need it for like, I can't do it myself, but because I need some creative goodness for me. (laughs) I need it for the projects that matter to me and not just out to everybody else. And so like you said, it's a constant dance. Yeah, creating that space for yourself. And I think boundaries probably come into play there. And even thinking through, I'm like, man, boundaries are a really important part of being creative. If you don't protect your ability to focus, if you don't protect Mm -hmm. your creativity, it's really, really hard to savor it. And that's why like I've learned, especially with Soul Rehab, that if something happens and like for instance, I didn't actually plan to launch my newsletter last week, but the feeling came on me so strong, like you have to get this out. And I've realized when I have those moments, you have to stop everything. You have Mm -hmm. to surrender because one, it's a gift to have that inside you. And two, because the way my mind works, I will probably forget it. And so that has also been interesting is like surrendering to that process of if you feel that strong inspiration, I guess is the word, then you got to surrender and let it guide you into the unknown of reverie because clearly something's happening. And so that's been very fascinating of like learning how, dang, thought I was going to do be super productive today, <laughs> but I guess I got to sit and write, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. Yeah. And that's such a beautiful, beautiful part of being in flow is knowing when to listen to that. Exactly. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about soul rehab because we we have talked about it. We've mentioned it, but I would love to get into it a little bit more about what inspired you to create it and what can we look forward to from soul rehab? Because I know after listening to this conversation, all of our people, I'm sure, are going to want to come find you. They're going to want to subscribe to the newsletter. They're going to want to tune into the podcast. <laughs> I would be so Because <laughs> you fed <honored>. us. <laughs> oh, you no, have fed that's us. such a gift. Oh, thank you. Even <laughs> you just saying that, like, that is all the gift that I need. Oh. Um, so Soul Rehab is an online women's collective, and we're all about doing the work. What inspired me was my own personal journey. I've been through crazy stuff. And like you said, I think my healing journey had to start early than most, which I now think is because I was supposed to help others through theirs. Mm -hmm. And so, but what inspired me was the the mindset shift because, you know, dealing with mental health, dealing with depression, dealing with trauma, you start to wonder, is this it? And I think that was always the core thought that fed my depression was that, nothing will change. And that's where hopelessness enters, you know, and that's how those feelings continue to circulate. And so what inspired me for soul rehab was literally, I think it was 2017. Like I told God, like it was New Year's. I was like, something has to change. I don't know how, I don't know where I don't see. I don't even know if I believe that it will, but if I don't, I will literally die because I cannot continue to just, be consumed with pain the way that I am. And so started the journey and, you know, it's a continual journey, but it was that mindset shift of pain doesn't, this isn't it. Like this is not where my story ends and this can no longer define me or else I will never live. And so soul rehab, I always say like on the website, like now it's like welcome home warrior. Cause I believe like Mm -hmm. we all are, we all have had, immeasurable pain. You know, we've all had our own journeys of trauma, but it doesn't end there. And I used to really think that like joy and happiness was reserved for a select few. And now the work of soul rehab is about showing like it's for everybody. We just got to do the work and beyond like the cookie cutter, like self-love stuff. Like what does that actually look like? So soul rehab is all about cultivating space for your space and then rooting you on along the way. And so, and reminding you of the warrior within. So, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing those aspects of your journey with us, for sharing what you've learned and creating space for other people is so important. Yeah, thank you. And so we have the podcast, which you're one of our guests. So I yes. cannot wait for that. Uh, there's a newsletter that goes out weekly. Just, you know, it's called the lovely newsletter. Just to remind you of some of the lovely things. 
every bit of your day has to offer. And eventually we're going to have some other stuff coming up for now. We're on Instagram. And so if you want just some aesthetic and some encouragement, then give us a shout. Other than that, it's just really being that cheerleader to do the work and to know that like it does get better. You know, I always, I love the quote, the pain isn't your responsibility, but the healing is. And just taking things into your own, like creating, being that life architect, recognizing that like, I do, I'm one, I'm worthy of happiness. I'm worthy of relief from pain. And then two, I have the authority to cultivate something beyond what I'm experiencing right now and for it to be a lasting thing. Oh my gosh. Yes. I think that that's just such an on point message for, for all of us to hear and embody and understand. So thank you. No, thank you so much. This has been so fun. (laughs) Yes. So for everybody listening, I'll make sure that we have all of Soul Rehab's information linked in the show notes. You can check out the Instagram, the podcast. You can subscribe to the newsletter. It'll all be right there to make it super easy for you to follow along. Yes. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Didn't I tell you that she was amazing? She has an incredible gift to speak life over and into others. And I know after that conversation, you're going to want to check out everything that she's doing. So head to the show notes to follow Soul Rehab on social, to subscribe to her newsletter and be in the know when she drops her podcast, which is coming soon. I want to give a huge thank you to everyone who tuned into the show today for listening. Truly could not do this without you. And I also want to thank our sponsors who help make production of this show possible. Make sure you grab the hookup codes and offers from the show notes, because when you use our codes and our links, that tells our sponsors that you're listening and that you want to support the show. And that's what makes them want to work with us. So we get to work with sponsors who make production possible. You get discounts and bonus goodies. It's really a win-win. Next week, we're wrapping up the New Life and Creativity series with a conversation about art, motherhood, and how creativity can help us bloom with artist Christina Martinez. It's a beautiful finale to what has been a powerful series, so make sure you're subscribed so that you have the episode waiting for you as soon as it drops. And if you like the show, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you again for joining me, and I'll chat with you next week. 